from Relay FM. This is Connected, episode 116. Today's show is brought to you by Gemini 2 from MacPaw and MailRoute. I am back from the dead, and my name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Welcome back, Michael. Thank you. And Mr. Federico Vatici. Hey, Mike, welcome back. Every time I'm away from the show, I don't know when or why this started, uh, listeners of the show may know that I am, for some reason, pronounced as dead every single time. Mm-hmm. To the point now where I think I heard it last time. I can't remember exactly what you said last week, but it was it was it was pretty pretty far in that direction. To which I ex- I exclaimed something at the time I can't remember, and then thought to myself, one day I will be, and then that's on you. Uh, wow. I think it was that we could find you in the afterlife. There you go. Of that was it. That was it. Yep. <laughs> that, that was at the end. There was also one at the start as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. that the, the afterlife one, uh, I really, really enjoyed that one. I think I heard it on the plane and made a sound that I shouldn't have made with people around me. Uh, mm. It was fun. But I am back from the dead. Zombie Mike. Yes. So we should follow up. Uh, we are going to start in what you... Named Dongletown on this mm-hmm. week's upgrade, which was Yay. very <laughs> take a little take a little trip down to Dongletown. That's uh, the place where everybody everybody visits now. Nobody wants to be there. The Dongletown Tourism Board is doing its best. Are you done? I think so. <laughs> uh, so you, you guys already covered it. It happened on Friday, but Apple has dropped the dongle prices, and thankfully for people like me who bought a bunch of them. Early, uh, I got a bunch of store credit, which I will probably put towards uh, AirPods, AirPods, whenever they ship. And the, I think more interestingly, the displays that they have made with LG are cheaper as well. That's not something I saw coming. I think it was a surprise to a lot of people. But uh, what I wanted to talk about was not necessarily the cheaper dongles, but the displays, like everything else Apple announces... Uh, are not shipping for a while. So the Apple Watch is still several weeks out. The displays are like months out. The Touch Bar MacBook Pros are still a couple weeks out. Like For a company run by the operations guy, Apple sure has a hard time getting stuff out the door on time uh, these days, right? And it's not like yep. there are... I mean, the displays maybe are different. LG is maybe manufacturing them. I don't really know those details. But like they're not selling... The Apple Watch and the quantities they are the iPhone, right? It's not. Uh, this is very frustrating as someone who like wants to spend money sometimes that uh, you have to wait, and it's a thing that Apple used to be better at, and it seems like as they've gotten bigger, they they have a hard time getting that ramp scaled up. Yeah, I've been thinking about this recently, like, and 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 this this obviously isn't the case, but it's like, is what is Jeff? Is it Jeff Williams, the operations guy now? Yes, I think so. Yeah, like is it just the case of he's just not as good at, as Tim? But then I think to myself, like it's not like I can't imagine Tim Cook was actually you know making calls to the factories, right, to to right. arrange this stuff. But you assume that you know he probably had a really big hand in it. And I'm just I'm I'm kind of I'm just a little bit confused by it. It, it does seem really strange, right? Because this is, seems like a money problem, you know, like the, a problem you solve with money. And again. They have all of that. It's just very strange to me. I, I can't kind of work out why they are having these problems with so many lines. I mean, the LG thing, that's not onto them, right? That's up to LG. Um, but, you know, you mentioned AirPods is a, is a great thing that, you know, that the the iPhones continue to have problems, especially when they use new materials. Um, the watches, they're out, but they're, you know, nobody can buy them. It's weird. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it's just sort of frustrating, I think. I mean... And also, you know, if the the rumors are to be believed, there are Macs that should be out now as well, but they're not. Right. Uh, so yeah, so it's something that just it kind of sprang to mind in looking at these prices. Like, there's a lot of stuff um, that's uh, late these days. Um, Mike, you have some thoughts on dongles. It seems like I think that Apple's arrange like the the arrangement of dongles that they have, like the amount that you can buy, are mainly dumb. Like, if I want to get a USB A. And also have power. I have to also get like a display connector as well. Like th- those options just don't feel good to me. Like I don't understand why Apple doesn't sell a dongle that has two USB A ports on it and a USB C port on it for pass through power. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that just seem like the dongle that everybody would want? Like how many people need like a display thing? I know lots of people do, and that's fine. 
but all we're looking to do is just plug in our old peripherals, right? It just seems strange to me. So I went on Amazon and I found an anchor thing for my new MacBook, which I'm going to talk about later, which has three regular USB 3.0 ports, like the A connector, the standard connector, and USB-C port for power. And it's great. And in my mind, that thing is just going to live on the end of the charging cable and it will just be there forever, and then I will just plug it in, and then I have all the, the USB ports that I need. And it just it just really surprises me that Apple don't make a, a dongle like this. Like It's just strange to me that the only way you can get a regular USB port is to also couple it with some kind of display port, whatever it be. I think you do like a VGA one, and they do like a HDMI one. They just seem like really strange configurations of things to me when most people probably don't need that one all the time. And they also lack some, what I would think are pretty common ones. So I don't remember the specific ones I ordered, but I think there's like the Ethernet one they don't make, but Belkin does. And, you know, they're relying on third parties to make some of them, at least the ones that they sell themselves. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can go on Amazon. Um, there are, you know, there are stories out there. There's some problems with some like cheap USB-C stuff out there. And um, the... Uh, so you kind of got to watch out for like getting like quality stuff, yeah. and especially with the cables. Yeah, I went with Anchor. It wasn't the cheapest on Amazon, but I went with them because I have other products by them, you know. So I and they've been fine. So I'm, I'm just going to hope that they do a good job. Yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, I think so. So I think you're probably safe. But if you're buying stuff that's not like first party, I think it's just worth doing a little homework. So I also bought a dongle myself mm. for the iPhone Seven. Dongleicious. Uh, I, yeah, I I bought the um, Belkin Rockstar. The worst uh, name. With, yeah, I know. Uh, it's I think it's the only uh, dongle that allows you to uh, charge and listen on the iPhone Seven by providing two Lightning ports at the same time. Apple themselves don't make this kind of dongle, and it's the I think it's the only one of its kind on the Apple Online Store. So I bought it, and it told me, "Well, you gotta wait two to three weeks." Uh, two days ago, and then the dongle came today. So that was a nice surprise. Yeah. (laughs) And it's frankly, I mean, it it gets the job done for sure, um, but it's quite bulky in the sense that um, the the cable is a little bit thicker and stronger than the um, headphone jack adapter that Apple makes. So that's nice. But the port at the bottom, it's almost, it's probably thicker than the old, uh, so the, the thing that doubles, the lightning ports, it's thicker and I think also taller than the old 30-pin connector, so it does add a ton of bulk to the to the iPhone 7. And when once you connect that dongle, and then old headphones with the headphone jack adapter, <laughs> the whole setup becomes kind of ridiculous because you yeah. have like this 20 centimeter buffer between the iPhone and the actual headphone jack. Uh, but sure, it gets the job done, you know. So I'm probably gonna leave this dongle attached. To my uh, to my BNO H6 uh, headphones, which are uh, the most comfortable ones of the wired headphones I have, I'm probably gonna leave it attached to the headphone jack adapter and to the headphones, uh, and you know carry it with me. I'm just surprised that Apple doesn't make anything like this because it is going to be a problem for some people that want to charge and listen at the same time. I'm not gonna say this should be included in the box. I feel like including the the basic headphone jack adapter in the box is the right choice, but at least Apple should make an option, you know, because I paid 40 euros for this, and I feel like Apple should make their own, probably cheaper, even 19, 20 euro option. So is the only way currently to uh, listen to audio and charge at the same time... I think so. ...is through this thing, but then you still need the headphone to lightning dongle as well, so you're double dongling just to get the yes it's really awkward man like i do not again we you guys covered it so well last week and i am i'm mostly in agreement right that this is the march of progress like we've got to do these things we have to go through these short-term pain things but i'm really not enjoying like just the amount of dongles that are in my life right now and will need to be Mm -hmm. in my life right now or and or the extra purchases that i'm having to make to reduce that annoyance it's it's an uncomfortable time to be in. It, it, it is like especially when there are so many products now, right? That Apple make that we buy, as well as like we also get like watches now as well from them, as well as the <laughs> phones and the iPads and the Macs. It's just it's a lot of stuff going on. It's uh, uncomfortable. 
and it's confusing in places. Like we have a link in the show notes to Apple support document about the Thunderbolt 3 to Thunderbolt 2 adapter, which can do almost everything the old Thunderbolt port can do except drive DisplayPort stuff. So it's like if you have a, display, a mini DisplayPort to um, a you know, driven screen, you can't use the dongle that has the same port on the end of it. Like it's it's just there's lots of these these little edge cases. Uh, you know, if you have the MacBook Pro, you have Thunderbolt three and USB C together, but only the Mac the, the MacBook can only use uh, USB C stuff it because it doesn't have the Thunderbolt chipset, even though the ports look the same. And I just don't know how like a normal Mac user just goes and updates their computer, you know, every four or five years, and they get a new one, and they don't know about this stuff. They don't listen to our shows. They don't read our websites. Like that, this has got to be confusing, right? That the ports that look the same do different things. Like I get, I'm like, oh, it, I, uh, I don't know. Hi, <laughs> it's a mess. Like it's it's, and it is a. Some of this is transitional, but if the MacBook always has USB C and never Thunderbolt, which is probably I think will be the case because that chipset doesn't support Thunderbolt from Intel, then there's always going to be that divide of like. In my household, I've got the MacBook Pro. My wife has the MacBook, and she can't just like pick up something off my desk and plug it into her computer unless it is USB C and doesn't require the Thunderbolt to be on the same the same port. It's just it's really messy and confusing, and I wish that um, the future would just hurry up and get here already. Stephen, do you think that the Mac Pro is is dead is dead like me when I'm away? No. No. Uh no, no. So so let's talk about this a little bit. So the in the wake of the Mac event, obviously there's lots of criticism about the new MacBook Pro. I think we addressed most of that last week. Uh, but it's also been this thread of conversation about the Mac Pro, that you know, shiny black trash can desktop. Apple shipped it uh three years ago and hasn't touched it since. And uh, Marco Armit wrote a really good post about it. Um, I disagree with his idea that it's never going to be updated again. I think I think Jason covered that really nicely. Um, but uh, he does make a good case that there are things that the Mac Pro does that even a high-end iMac can't do. And you know, he lists all those things. You can go read the post. But I think the Mac Pro does slot into the lineup and it and it serves a segment of Apple's user base that is an important segment. And quite honestly, most of the time, people who spend that kind of money on a desktop are Apple, some Apples, and some of the Mac's biggest fans. And I think it's time that Apple come out and say something about this computer. If If it's dead, then why is it still for sale? Right. If there's not a new one coming, then just just end it. If there is a new one coming, with say with Skylake E, which will be um, springish, early summer next year, hopefully. If that is the case, I think it's time for Apple to make a statement about that. And they did this in 2012. So remember, this is not a a new frustration. Uh, in 2012, they revved the Mac Pro, but just barely, and. They, you know, they had the same case, so they just put slightly better chips in it, and it, it was a long time between meaningful uh, updates when it comes to performance. And someone emailed Tim Cook and said, "Hey, look, what's going on?" And he responded that, you know, that it was, we're working on something for next year that Pro Mac users are going to be really happy about. And of course, that took the form of the trash can Mac Pro that shipped at the end of the year. At WDC, uh, there was the very famous Phil Schiller quote about uh, not being able to innovate anymore. And that probably hurt sales of that machine. But at this point, who cares? Like, they can't be selling many of them. I feel sorry for anyone who has to buy one um, or who buys one who doesn't know that it's, you know, I, don't, I, I think the people who buy Mac Pros all know that it's outdated. But if anyone just walks in and buys one, it's pretty sad. 
It straight up shouldn't be available to sale right now, like through regular channels. You should have to really kind of hunt through Apple's website to be able to get this thing. Like I saw somebody tweeting the other day that on the product page, they talk about aperture speeds, like speeds yeah. to run the aperture app, oh, yeah. which was discontinued like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And they have all of their footnotes when performance testing mention uh, Mac OS 10, 10.9. Oh. And you walk into an <laughs> Apple store... You walk into an Apple store, there's usually just one, and it's plugged into the discontinued Thunderbolt display. Everything about this is sad. It's the it's the museum that they put in every in every store now. That's I what guess. But I, so I think it's time for Apple to say, look, uh, we're working on something new, and it'll be out uh, next year. And um, so hang on, I think that should come with a price cut. If they don't do that, I mean, I, I will be surprised if they do. I, I fully expect Apple to remain silent. That's their that's their, you know, their game plan. Like that's their what the they do. Operandi. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. But I think they've got to give something to these pro users, saying, "Hey, look, don't freak out. It is coming." Uh, and if it's not, if the Mac Pro is dead, then just take it, take it down. Now, why is it still for sale? Yeah. And um, let's just uh, move on. Let's all move on with our lives, right? Yeah. I mean, it should be nice to get some kind of pro event next spring where apple talks about the mac pro and the ipad pro so the two sides yeah. of pro apple users that would be cool yeah i would like be cool that. <sighs> it's yep it's sad right like because it, it just feels it feels kind of wrong like for them to continue selling this computer like it, this 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 mac should just not be on sale like it just shouldn't be on sale like it is irresponsible for people to buy this computer, like for Apple to be mm-hmm. selling it, because it is so old at this point. And, you know, as I said, the things that they focus on, there, there's, there's use that you can get out of it if you own it, right? I'm sure. But to be, still be selling it at the same price that you sold it years ago, I think it's, I, I, I don't think that it's acceptable at this point. I think they need to do something about it. And maybe they don't want to cut the price, right? Because if they cut the price now, then it's going to be more difficult to put the price up again. But like, I just feel like, how many of these are you selling? Just stop it. Just stop selling it. Just stop. Uh, I totally agree. It. I'm not in the market for a Mac Pro. I mean, the iMac and the MacBook Pro meet my needs uh, with what I do. But I at least would like to know that the option is there. And for people who do need it, you know, they're really stranded. There are a bunch of people using these things and they're aging. And before too long, the, the first ones that went out the door are going to be out of Apple Care. Like, that's not a great place to be in. Like, what if what if yours has some catastrophic failure? It's out of warranty. Like, do you replace it with the same computer three years later? Like, there's nothing good about this situation. And that they, they messed up by skipping the generation. They got kind of messed over by Intel. That's all in the past. Now it's about how Apple handles it uh, moving forward. And so far, they have not done a good job at managing the situation. And I feel like that there's got to be enough hubbub in the next couple of weeks that a statement should be made. You know, like they they felt the desire and they felt the the real pressing need to to cut dongle prices because people were upset. Like I think it's time that they actually do something just to give some kind of lifeline, some kind of smoke signal to people. I think that's really important right now. Agreed. Uh, so up next, it's not really follow up. It's something that was just sort of weird. We wanted to point people to. It's just terrifying. It's just terrible. This is terrible. So people may be familiar with like the singing fish thing uh, that you can buy like at a drugstore and you walk by it or hit a button and it sings and it's super creepy. Big mouth Billy Bass. There you go. Someone hooked uh, an Alexa up to it. So you speak to the uh, the Echo and the fish answers you. And it's the most terrifying thing you've ever seen. I like that uh, the the mouth doesn't really move correctly to the to the audio. That's my favorite thing. It makes it worse. Um, mm-hmm. So that the mouth is just kind of like just flapping around and, and sounds are coming out. It's not a good look. Brian Kane is a is a madman. Sort of like uh, mostly like undead zombie echo fish. Yep, it's got that Freaky. kind of just dead look in its eyes. That thing is ready to automate your entire life and there's nothing you can do about it. 
Uh, lastly, we wanted to point people to a new show on Relay FM named Mixed Feelings. It debuted uh, last week. It is a new weekly show about news and politics and pop culture stuff. It is a big break from our sort of normal topic area on Relay, and, and that's really exciting. Um, and it is hosted by two college women, uh, Quinn Rose and Jillian Parker, and their point of view is very different, I think, from uh, most of us on mm-hmm. Relay, and I think that is uh, great, and I've really enjoyed the show. Uh, they had a demo that went out to members a couple weeks ago, and then episode one went up last week, and it is definitely worth going to check out, so we'll have some some links in the show notes uh, to that show, Mixed Feelings. What I like about the show is not only do I learn about things from another perspective, I learn about things that I just flat out didn't know about. Um, mm-hmm. So it's 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 a really great show, as Stephen said, with a different perspective. Uh, and I think it's well worth checking out. So go to relay.fm slash mixed feelings and you can download episode one and there'll be another episode this week. It's a weekly show. Go check it out. This week's episode of Connected is brought to you by Gemini 2 from MacPaw. MacPaw and their smart duplicate cleaner for Mac, Gemini 2. This is the newest version of the well-known application that was launched in 2016, this this brand new version 2. Gemini employs an intelligent algorithm to help you find duplicates and similar files in seconds, giving you the tools and ability to get rid of them, just gone, just zapped into non-existence. With Gemini, you get more space back on your Mac. Your files are neatly organized and you'll have no more duplicates. Gemini 2 can help you discover duplicates in your iTunes library, your photos library, on external drives, and just on all the folders on your hard drive. This isn't just like a file comparison thing. You know, you can, you just oh, you've got this Word document and this Word document. Going into like your iTunes library and your photos library, that's super, super useful. You can find out more about Gemini 2 for yourself by visiting macpaw.com slash connected. That's M-A-C-P-A-W dot com slash connected. And because you're a listener of this show, you can get 20% off by using the coupon code connected. The offer is valid through to November 20 of this year i think in this world of ssds and smaller ssds and especially for me moving from a macbook pro to a macbook finding duplicate files has been a very important thing for me as i try and really shrink down what's on my hard drive and gemini 2 is a fantastic way to do that thank you so much to MacPaw for their support of this show and relay fm all right so uh i will talk about my macbook so I mentioned this last week, right, that I was buying a MacBook. That was my decision. And I was very proud of myself that I bought from a department store. It was two weeks ago I spoke about this. I bought from a department store instead of Apple because I got the price cut down. However, there were some, some snags in this. Um, the, the department store, John Lewis, did not deliver in time. Uh for reasons unknown, I paid for next day delivery. They couldn't fulfill it. And the MacBook actually arrived on the afternoon of the morning I'd already left for Ireland. So that was no good. So I then spent a couple of days knowing that MacBook was at home and thinking that I was just going to send it back because I didn't have any travel. So this device for me is purely because I sometimes need a Mac when I travel. And I was looking for the thinnest and lightest thing so it takes up the least amount of space in my bag and I don't feel it like it's just easy. Mm-hmm. Then I always have the Mac that I need to run the applications that I need to publish videos, to publish audio, to edit, to you know whatever it is that I need. That some because of some of the pro applications that I use that are not available on the iPad, uh, I prefer to just have the Mac there in case I desperately need it. So it didn't arrive in time, and I was thinking like, is it worth keeping it? And I decided to myself that I was just going to send it back because I don't have any overseas travel plan for the rest of the year. Then we uh, we're completing on our house this week. Um, which is amazing. I'm so happy. And I've realized that I'm probably going to be spending a lot of time over the next month or two going backwards and forwards from home to the new place for different tradespeople to come, for different engineers and all that sort of stuff. And looking at just some of the appointments we have booked in right now, I'm going to need to be recording from the new place. So mm-hmm. I, I figured it's a lot of back and forth. That's the reason that I would want the MacBook. So I decided to keep it. Plus, because if I buy it in two months' time, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm, I'm gonna be 
uh, paying more again because the prices have all gone up now because everybody's followed Apple's lead. So that's why I'm I'm going to keep it for the, for now. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this thing. I've got it all set up. Uh, a lovely gold MacBook, and so it's there for when I'm going to be moving backwards and forwards. And now I have this little uh, the last piece of a portable recording studio. So I, I got a couple of questions for you. Um, the the main the MacBook is obviously less of a machine than the new MacBook Pros mm-hmm. and it is smaller and lighter is that the key metric here did you cuz cuz when you and I were speaking I was trying to push you into the MacBook Pro I just bought without t- the touch bar yep cuz it is thin and light uh, the battery life's really good um but it is noticeably faster than this machine. So I'm curious about what trade-offs, like what was the most important thing for you in that hierarchy? I am optimizing for portability. Like that is the 100%, like that is the number one point is more than anything else, this thing is just to be portable. That That's what I'm going for. And I've played with the the new MacBook, the Escape as Marco calls it, which I, I really like that name. Jason Snow had one. I, and I picked it up and it was too heavy. Like it's heavier than I want, um, and as soon as I took the MacBook out of the box, I was completely sold. Like that is the computer that 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 I want for this purpose. Now I may I may get very angry about how slow this thing is compared to my iMac. I'm sure I will, but the the main reason that I'm going for this is like this is purely a travel machine. It's the only time I will ever use it is when I need something that's as small as possible. Um, and so that's why I think this is the right one for me. It's like it's the same reason that when I travel, I take my 9.7 inch iPad Pro, not the 12.9. Like I'm, I'm optimizing for maximum portability, and that is 100% what I get out of the MacBook. Like if I wanted the power of the the MacBook Escape, I would just keep my MacBook Pro because then I'm going for power. And if I'm going for power, that thing is more than enough for what I need, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but it's it's for me, it's it's too heavy. And it's too thick. Like it made packing my carry-on more difficult. Like everything about it, that it, on the last trip was just uh, annoying. It was just annoying. The battery needs to be charged way more. Like it was just a frustrating experience to be lugging around this big computer. So i I feel I feel happy in my choice, and that the MacBook really does feel like the right solution for the this what I'm trying to solve. Like the the MacBook Escape is a way more powerful machine. It is thinner and lighter, but it's it's still too much. It's still, it's, for me, it's just still too much. I think it's time we talk Federico into one of these machines. Yeah, that, I think we've I think we've made our cases. You um, know what I've been doing this past week? I needed to use a Mac, and I just went ahead and created a new user on Sylvia's MacBook Pro, um, <laughs> and I just been using that instead. Because she doesn't use her computer often anymore. She does a bunch of things on her iPad Pro. Um, and it's just easier, you know. We have a MacBook. Nobody's really using it. And so, um, I mean, I'm considering using that MacBook Pro to, to do the shows now. Because whenever I do the shows, she's usually not at home. So the computer is unused. And mm-hmm. I got a user for myself in there with a bunch of my things. So... Maybe the solution is not to get a new MacBook, but it's actually to have one MacBook Pro in our in our house and just share the computer. You're like a MacBook hobo. <laughs> if you like stickers, um, I I have a MacBook Pro that's unused. <laughs> <laughs> you can have it. I'm not look look not looking for charity. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying a, I have this computer now. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you. I don't you, know what it, to do with this, by the way. I, I'd cons- <laughs> I mean, because now I just have this big computer, right? That I don't need. Now I'd considered, like, I'm, I can't sell this thing. Nobody, nobody will want to buy this, right? Because it's just completely covered in in stickers. I considered auctioning it for charity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should do that. Do you, you think that. that people would be interested in this? Like listeners of the show. If this is something you would potentially be interested in, uh, that we would auction off the the MacBook uh, for with the the proceeds going to St Jude, is that yeah. something that people would care about? Because I don't want this thing. I'm moving house, and I don't want to take it. Uh, I don't care about selling it for for myself because I I wouldn't be able to charge a good amount of money on it because the thing is completely defaced. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that uh, maybe to to auction it off. If if this is something that we get a, a response from that people seem like they're happy to do, then uh, then we'll go for it. Uh, Jason Stone in the chat room is suggesting auction or raffle. I don't know what's the best one to do there. We'll have to think about that. But yeah, I want to get rid of that. Um, also, if you like Bonanza, the show uh, that I do with Matt Alexander, I also have the old keyboard that I used to use for the to, to trigger the sound effects. It's got my handwriting all over it. Uh, maybe I'll do that one too. I need to get rid of stuff. Uh, and I figure auction sounds like a good like a good idea. So, if that's something that people like the sound of, I'll look into how you do that kind of thing because I have no idea. Stephen, maybe you can help me. Okay, we'll figure something out. So I like the idea though. Awesome, because this thing I got nothing to do with it. I don't want to do with it. <laughs> I, I don't want it, and uh, I definitely can't sell it. Uh, I bought something else. Um, I bought the Beat Solo Three headphones. Yay! Nice. Um, purely on your recommendation, Federico. Oh um, God, I feel responsible now. What have I done? And also because I was I was traveling, right? So I was getting on a plane, uh, and I needed to listen to stuff and to charge. Right? This is just a thing that happens to me when I travel. Um, so I knew I needed to give in to Bluetooth overlords, and I decided I would buy them in the airport because I can get them without the VAT on them. The pairing is magical, as Federico described, and then sharing with the iCloud is great because then I just picked up my iPad when I was at the hotel and I was able to just choose them, which is great. Um, I like how they fold up into the little case. They fold up to be super small. Um, and I also like that you get all of the cables as well in case you need them, like to, to plug it in as if you could just... I think it's a headphone cable, right? You could just plug it into something. I like that it comes with that. So if the battery dies on you, you and you have the case with you, like you have another option... I think that's kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned this, Federico. I don't remember, but the it has on-ear controls, which is great, like for play, pause, and volume yeah. up and down, for skipping left yeah. and right. That is like a must-have for me um, with headphones like that. Like you've got to have some kind of control to them. So I think that's awesome. Like that, you know, that's way more than we're going to get from from the uh, AirPods. I found them mostly comfortable. Um, I do prefer over-the-ear to on-ear. They're like the smaller ones that go on-ear because over long periods yeah. of time, on-ear yeah. headphones, they hurt me because of my glasses. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of hurts the back of my ear. And they can be adjusted and it can be good, but um, but that you know, th- this isn't anything with the Beats. This is all on-ear headphones, but I do prefer over-the-ears personally. Yeah. Yeah, when I use the when I use the H6, the BNO, they're super comfortable. I don't even feel them because they're over ear. Yep. And I wish Beats had something like that, like the Beats sound, which I'm not ashamed to say I like, mm-hmm. but with the over ear design of the H6, never gonna happen. But I can dream. Forty hour battery life is 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 bananas. Like it's brilliant, right? That is such a great thing. I mean, again, whether I will have the problem that I've mentioned in the past of like, then I forget to charge them, but because they come with that cable and I have the dongle in my bag, then I could just plug them in, right? And it would be okay. That is like a fail-safe solution. Um, And or I've also got the charging cable and I always have one of those battery packs with me. I'll just plug it in. And what is it, like 15 minutes for seven hours or something? Yeah, I kind of Something like that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're, you're fine. I just plug it into my power yeah. brick for five, for 15 minutes and I'm good to go again. Also, they sound way better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Like, from using other Bluetooth headphones, this is like something else completely. They they sound to me, like to my ears, like it didn't really sound any different to when I used my earpods. Like, well, it was fine. Like, it was great. Like, I was listening to podcasts. It sounded crystal clear. They sounded rich. Like, I, I was surprised. I didn't think that that's the kind of sound quality that I was going to get because all of my previous Bluetooth headphone experience has just been like, it sounds like, you know, that's kind of how it sounds. Not good, but these things, they're really good. So I, I recommend them, um, especially if you're in a situation like I guess I was where I'm traveling and I know I need Bluetooth because, you know, you gotta got to try and veer away from Dongletown where you can. And we have no idea when the AirPods are going to come out. So these are good. I mean, I, I would still use these because when I'm when I'm on planes, I like to have something that's, you know, covering my ears more um, just because it's better... For the sound isolation, because I can't use the uh, noise cancelling because it makes me feel like I'm sick, which is terrible. So these mm-hmm. are these are a good traveling solution for me. But I'm still interested in the AirPods for kind of just day to day use. Um, I'm looking forward to them whenever they come out. And it is confusing to me; like I can't work out why, like what's wrong with the AirPods, right? Like 
in theory, you'd think, oh, it's the new technology. But that's in the Beats headphones, and they're fine. Yeah, I think it's the new technology in that smaller body, you know? Or yeah. it could be the charging case, we don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're just making sure that the batteries don't catch on fire, because that'd be real unfortunate on your ears, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could be a little bit of an <laughs> issue. Yeah. yeah, we don't want that. You do not want uh, a little bit of ear fire going on. It's not good for anybody. But yeah, I, I have to say I'm I'm happy with these these two little purchases that I've made. Um, I don't think I would recommend the MacBook for everybody. Um, I like the keyboard, by the way. I like the size of the keycaps. That's what I really like. The, 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 the feeling of typing on it isn't amazing, right? I'm not the first person to say that. But the bigger keycaps, I, I love that. I think that's really good. Um, that's, that's more comfortable for me as somebody who doesn't really know where their hands are going when they're typing. So that, that's a big thumbs up. Uh, and I like the beats as well. This week's episode nice. is also brought to you by MailRoute. Now, you know who should handle your email and security and delivery, right? You, you know who should do that. It's people who do only that, and that's MailRoute. You want a company that is completely focused on making sure that your email is handled correctly. All the big companies that have been doing this for, for some time are bowing out now because it is hard work. Postini went away. McAfee and MX Logic. No longer. And even Google has said that they want, they would prefer it if you would use a gateway service like MailRoutes so they don't have to bother about filtering your Google Apps mail anymore. This is some, this is a really difficult thing to get right. So you need to be able to trust the company that they're going to do it properly and also that they're going to stick around, that they're not going to be one of these fly by night companies that just pops off and they find it too difficult. Do you know who can do all of that? You know who you can trust? You can trust MailRoute. MailRoute has been focused entirely on email security since 1997. That's nearly 20 years, kids. That's a very long time. MailRoute protects your email and hardware against spam, viruses, and other threats. And they deliver your mail even when your mail server cannot. There's no hardware or software to install. If you own your own domain, then that's all you need to do to use MailRoute. Their easy interface is super simple to navigate and loaded with admin tools, including an API. And it's all designed to make your life better. No spam, no viruses, and no bounced mail. Whether you're a small home business or a huge ISP, MailRoute handles customers of all sizes and provides the same level of outstanding tech support to everyone. MailRoute protects your email from spam and viruses and guarantees mail access during outages. That's it. That's all they do. And they do it better and they've been doing it longer than anybody else. That's MailRoute. Stop spam today and sign up for a 30-day trial at MailRoute.net slash connected. And because you're a listener of this show, you'll get 10% off the lifetime of your account if you sign up at MailRoute.net slash connected. And don't forget something that MailRoute are very famous for. They deal with mailbagging as well. Thank you so much to MailRoute for their support of this show. I'm Relay FM. All right, so... Um, there is a, a new Notes app in town, which mm-hmm. is something I feel like we've not focused on in a long time. I think we've all been pretty happy with Apple Notes, right? I think we've yeah. all been users of Apple Notes. Yeah. 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 But a little while ago, um, I think we all kind of found out about this application. Uh, I believe that, um, that we're all checking out the beta for it as well. Uh, we've been testing this app now for a few weeks, and uh, I have to say that I kind of like it, and it's Bear Notes. Um, B-E-A-R notes. And Federico has uh, come out of retirement to, to write a, a relatively chunky review. I haven't what, seen you do one of these of, for a while. What kind of retirement, Mike? You haven't done a big app review in a long time. Yeah, I mean, there haven't been any good apps. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, well. there haven't been any... Well, I, I think you mean... Any that that kind of productivity app that Mm -hmm. I spend some time with. Yeah, you just start walking that statement back, buddy. No, I was making a joke, but yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I know what you mean, though. There have there haven't been many really large like brand new app introductions in a while. Exactly, brand new indie app for Mm -hmm. productivity on the iPhone and the iPad. We've all been using mostly the same things for the past year, I would Mm say. So, can you kind of give us the the skinny on bear notes, what is it and, and why is it compelling? It's a note-taking app that mixes different elements of Markdown. So you can type out notes and format them using plain text and Markdown. And it combines some elements of Apple Notes, such as the ability in, in, in a note to go beyond text 
in the sense that within a note, you can add images, you can add documents like PDFs. It combines uh, the best aspects of CloudKit. Uh, so you only need to authenticate, actually you don't need to authenticate at all. Uh, CloudKit uses your email account, your iCloud account. It doesn't consume your iCloud space. Um, it's based on uh, iCloud authentication, but it doesn't use your storage. So the syncing is the same of Apple Notes, super fast, reliable in my experience. It combines some elements of task paper. Uh, it can be used as a very lightweight task manager because you can add checkboxes in Notes and you can manage the, you can see the progress of all of the different uh, tasks, that all of the different to-dos that you've added in a Note. And then he has all these different little touches that are sort of like a mix of Apple Notes, Evernote, Task Paper, a text editor. Um, there's a ton of export options. Uh, whenever you create a note, you can send it out as Markdown or PDF, HTML, rich text, even Word. So it's, a, it's this mix of Markdown and Apple Notes with a lot of power user features. Because unlike Apple Notes, which really kind of... Um, set a new standard for note-taking up apps with iOS 9. Unlike Apple Notes, Bear has a lot of automation features uh, through URL schemes for now, and hopefully in the future there will be native workflow actions. Um, you can use all these, these different URL schemes to automate note-taking and search. Um, and it's also got tags. So unlike Apple Notes, which is based on folders and the management of folders uh, in Apple Notes on iOS is kind of clunky. You can, you know, there's not a lot of flexibility. You can add tags to Notes in Bear. And with all of the versatility that, you know, that entails, which include, you know, a note can have multiple tags or you can, you know, you can browse tags in a sidebar. You can filter by tag. You can search by tag. So it's this mix of Apple Notes and Markdown with a little more flexibility, a little more automation, very cool design, very fast sync, and a different business model. Because unlike the note-taking apps that we're used to, it's not free or paid up front. It uses the new App Store subscriptions to, um, you know, for recurring revenue. It's so you syncing. can sign up. Yeah, pro, for, pro features, for, right? Not just for syncing, but it's kind of strange uh, to understand at first. So you can unlock sync with the subscription. Otherwise, you're just going to use Bear for free on one device and your notes won't sync across devices. But if you buy the annual subscription, which is $15, um, you also unlock the um, themes and advanced export options forever. So the annual subscription, besides uh, recurring you know, the next year, also acts as a one-time in-a-purchase for uh some features. All right, so I have uh, I have some thoughts and, and some questions for you, right? Because I know you've taken a deeper dive into this than me, and so I don't. I just wanted to to hit on the uh, the tags, um, as, okay. as you mentioned that because what I really like about the tags is that they don't. They, it's not like putting notes in folders where it kind of like sequesters the note and then that's where it lives. I get to see all my notes in one list, but then can open the sidebar and tap on one of the tags to treat it like a folder, basically. Yeah. But from then. I can also have basically one note in a bunch of different folders. So what something I've been using uh, Bear for is to write the the scripts and the copy for our ads. And it allows me to assign a tag for the company and also for the time period in which the ad has been written, which is really great for me. I've been looking for a, a new application to move to because... Uh, the one that I was using to to write this stuff because I wasn't doing them in Apple Notes because I, I wanted the Markdown stuff. I was con I'm concerned about its uh, longevity. Mm -hmm. So so Bear is is now uh, what I'm using because it is it's really beautiful and it does a lot of things in a way that that I like. Now I wanna I wanna ask you a question, Federico, about the the syncing stuff because um, there there was some some discussion about bear uh, when i was at all because um, all is is primarily intended by app, indie apple developers mm -hmm. and there seemed to be a lot of um hushed tones about the fact that you can't or you shouldn't be able to charge for cloud kit syncing how are they doing this i think um so in the Apple developer guidelines uh, the app store review guidelines there's a note about developers not being able to charge for iCloud storage, iCloud sync. 
And I think by using CloudKit, uh, it's not like Barry saying, uh, we're going to put iCloud Drive access behind a paywall. So if you want to export your notes and save them to iCloud Drive, you're going to pay us because we need to unlock that feature. CloudKit uses your iCloud account for authentication, but it doesn't use your iCloud Drive space. It's a separate service for developers, something like Pairs, for example, which I don't think exists anymore. So it's Apple's solution to you know the database in the cloud, storage in the cloud. And I feel like developers are free to uh, ask users to pay for that feature because it's separate from iCloud Drive storage space. Mm. And also because CloudKit is free for developers with limits. So if you get a lot of users and you need to store a lot of records, uh, CloudKit has a actually a pricing model that developers right. need to account for. So by looking at that, difference between iCloud Drive and CloudKit, and by considering the fact that Apple chose Bear as the editor's choice mm -hmm. on the Mac App Store and the iOS App Store, I think they're okay. So I guess it's the difference is you're not double playing for storage because you don't pay for this anyway, right? Like as exactly. a user, like exactly. this doesn't go to my iCloud storage. No. And no. and I guess the way that, that Bear is doing it is like, you don't, you're not directly paying for syncing, you're paying for pro features, which includes syncing. Yeah, I assume that there's a lot of this was through from back and forth with Apple about how to get this right, which For I'm sure. only going yeah. to assume happened, as you say, because they are an editor's choice. I I don't think that this could have. Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> know how these things before, work, right? right? I mean, you know, the, for all we know, Bear gets pulled out of the App Store in 24 hours, but it seems like everything's okay. Yeah, it does seem that way, especially because Apple likes to arrange these promotions way beforehand. So. Uh, I think everyone is in the know, and I think this is going to be okay. Uh, again, it's not like they're putting the iCloud Drive share sheet behind the subscription. Yeah. That's not the case. So I think they're going to be fine. A couple of things, that, uh, other things that I like about Bear, I really like all the themes because um, you get to, to choose. I wish <laughs> I, I could... Uh, well, yeah, you know, I like this sort of stuff. Um, I use the theme called Panic because it's a dark background and it also has some splashes yeah, of color I love it. it. Yep. I wish I could create my own, though. They have so many things. Yeah. It's it seems kind of strange to me that I can't tweak them. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna come come in the future because I saw a few people requesting that on Twitter, and they replied we're actually considering that feature. So maybe it'll it seems come. like a, a logical evolution because they have like nine different themes, right? Like it's the, you have so many at, at a certain point, you may as well just let people go crazy and make, make what they want. The other thing that I really like the share extension, it allows you to append or prepend to a note. Um, I mean, with, with Apple's Notes app, uh, all you can do is depend to any note, which is amazing, and it completely changed the way that I work. But there are times where, like, I kind of arrange documents in interesting ways. Like, I have some some stuff, like, for this show, where I right at the very top, I have, like, future topic ideas. And then on, at the bottom of the note, I put follow-up for the next week. Mm -hmm. And it would be really cool if I could add things to the top or bottom of the note, depending on what they are. Mm -hmm. um, so, the, so this is actually a, an interesting thing for me to look at um i'm not considering right now making like definitely making bear my notes app replacement yeah but it is it has replaced my markdown text editor it bear is now my markdown text editor however i'm going to keep using it and i'm going to keep putting it through its paces but in theory it should be able to do everything i'm using apple notes for like i can save pdfs in it for when i travel um, I'm able to use the the share extension, and it does a good job of of showing some like. It, does it do the the when it shows links? Does it show images? No, it doesn't. Does it uh, right no. now? It's just text. There's a, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a bunch of things that I'm like you. I'm still not sure if I'm gonna switch to Bear full time. Um, there's a bunch of issues. Like it doesn't have rich links like Apple Notes, um, which I found really useful to preview a link before mm -hmm. opening it. Uh, it also, unlike Apple Notes, which of course it's a first-party app on iOS, it uh, when you save things from the extension, from the bare extension, and this happens to me all the time. You, for example, I save a link from the extension on my iPhone, and then I save a PDF into the same note from the extension on my iPad. And if you don't open the app uh, after saving from the extension you just save and do something else. Then when you open the app again, the app won't be able to reconcile changes from the extension on two different devices. Ooh, that's no good. I didn't know that. 
it will create that's because you didn't read my review and that uh, it will create <laughs> it will cre- and it will create a conflict uh, conflicted copy this is something that apple notes uh takes care of uh by doing you know merging and conflict resolution uh you know at, um, by default you don't ever see you know, uh, request for uh, solving a conflict in Apple Notes. It just the app takes care of that on its own. And I brought this up with the developers, and they say it's really hard for a third-party app without the privileges of Apple Notes to do that kind of background checking all the time. Whenever the extension saving, and you want to make a network call and saying, "Look, the, we have new data from the extension. We gotta sync back to the cloud." It's really hard for a third-party app to do that. But I think they're working on. Uh, conflict resolution and merging tool that whenever it sees that there's a change from the extension on a device where Bear was not opened, uh, they're going to try to not create a conflicted copy. It's really a tricky problem to mm-hmm. solve unless Apple you know, opens up the background and the extension APIs a little more. But that said, there's a bunch of minor issues with text editing and you know, like selections, but really minor problems. Um, I signed up for a month I'm gonna probably renew for the next month, and I want to try for a couple of months. Uh, see see how it goes. I'm very content on continuing to use this application for the purpose that I outlined, all right? Which is writing out things like because it's got the the app is great on all platforms. The syncing is is good and is really good. But as you know, for the men, the things that we've spoken about, the things that you've mentioned. And by the way, I didn't read the whole review, but I read most of it. I just want to let you know that. I just didn't read that part. I was going for the happy stuff, not the sad stuff. I was picking out by uh, by headlines. I don't read, okay, man. But... What do you want from me? <laughs> Anywho, uh, I, I can't see it right now taking place of notes because the thing that I love most about notes is I never have to worry about what it's doing. Exactly. Because... Even even in the times where I'll say something from my iPhone, then I'll say something from my iPad, I know that the order might not be great, but I know it's all going to be in there. Like, nothing gets lost. Um, and I don't want to have to start thinking about that. Like, I've had a thing recently with Airmail, my email app, which is frustrating me. But sometimes it just doesn't send the email that I thought it had sent because That's it fine. crashes in the background. And it saves it. But I don't know. So I'm having this thing recently wherever I send an email that has an attachment on it, I have to keep checking it until I show it to see it shows up in the sent email folder. This is a thing that's starting to frustrate me, but AML is so good in many of the ways that I like to use it, I'm going to keep using it. But that is a frustration for me. I don't want to have another app in my life where I have this type of frustration. Um, and, And the reason I switched to AML is because no other mail client could give me what I needed. I have no reason to leave notes. Notes gives me exactly what I need. So I'm I'm not willing to trade off the stability that I have with notes for a couple of extra features with Bear if I then have to start worrying about whether all of my links are going to get saved. That's exactly how I feel. And, and the reason why I ended the review saying I want to subscribe for a couple of months because there's a few nice things that I feel like could be useful, especially on the automation side. And the markdown aspect, it's really convenient for me. But I also want to see what the roadmap looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it going to be that kind of app, you know, made by an indie studio that only receives a couple of updates every year? Or is this going to be an actively developed product which receives changes and fixes all the time? And I know that I, I'm not expecting new features from Apple in Notes every few weeks, but at least it's got those privileges that make it work reliably. So it's like a scale, and I'm weighing the different privileges that and the different benefits that each app has. It's going to be power user features, but a little less reliability, or not a lot of changes, but uh, you know, a lot of stability always works, always does the right thing. And so that's what I'm. That's why I'm. I, I wrote. I need to wait. I need to see what it looks like. You know, two months from yep. now, it's going to be the same app, which. Im- gonna make me think well maybe you know it's gonna be one of those apps that only receives you know three updates every year or something else i don't know yet but as i said like for for the purposes of which i'm using it right now um i'm gonna i'm gonna keep using it for that but i don't know if it's going to extend Stephen, how much have you spent time with with bernos is, is it something that could fit into your workflows uh, i do like that it does markdown and that's my biggest frustration with apple notes is that you can write in Markdown, but if you want it to be skimmable, you got to use their like weird pseudo rich text stuff. 
so I did import uh, a folder of notes. I, I unlike you, I do really like folders. I I have never been a fan of tagging in any system, and the lack of folders in B- Bear Notes or that's a pretty big deal for me. Hmm. I got some real-time follow-up uh, from uh, Steve Troughton Smith on Twitter. Uh, he shared on uh, a message about, uh, I said, a couple of updates a year doesn't count as actively developed. Um, I should probably rephrase that. And by that, I, I meant um, I feel like the way that we're getting things done on iOS, and, and maybe Mike can relate to this, is so constantly changing so constantly in flux, whether it's the new services that we try or new iOS features, because it's obvious that iOS is changing more quickly than the Mac. And so the tools that we use are changing and adapting more quickly. You know, just look back a couple of years ago, we didn't have Workflow or Pythonista or all the things that we have now. And so when I say an app that receives a couple of updates a year, and maybe one of those is just a bug fix, uh, when I feel that an app cannot keep up with the pace of progress, with the pace of evolution on iOS, and with my ever-changing um, needs you know, and requirements, that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. And that's also why it's so tricky for indie developers today, especially when you, when you want to make a productivity app, Right? It's not like you're making a utility app that does one thing exceptionally well, a, th- a feature that does never change. And then you're like, okay, well, I got to use this, right? But just look at Workflow, for example, and how the team behind yes. Workflow is constantly adapting, constantly supporting new apps, new services, new features, new designs. Not a lot of developers can do that. And it makes me sad, but also I got to think about the way that I work and I got to think about you know, the way that I make money and the tools that I use. And so, it can, you know, it's, you don't... I cannot afford to lose money because of, you know, good feelings and all that. Uh, I want to support indie developers, but at the end of the day, I also got to choose the tools that make me work best. Especially when this application has launched with some areas that could be improved, like that you right. can clearly see can be improved. Like you say, like, okay, they've launched with with um, URL schemes. Great. There should be workflow actions, right? Like you can see that it's like yes, th- that should be a thing that is worked on. Like the theme stuff, there should be a different theme stuff. They should be working on what you know. You talk about the conflict resolution stuff. Like these are all areas that need that should be expanded upon. Rich links. I don't know how you do it. Like I don't know if you can do it. But like oh, these, you can do it. You, you know, can do it. I'm sure. But like th- there are there are things here that we can see that this application can do. So you know, just the idea of seeing and, and these updates like. They don't need to be like big features all the time, but you just want to see it showing up in your updates tab every now and then, right? So you know that it's still alive. You know, I, I get what I get what you're saying. I get what Steve is saying about you know, it's it's maybe a lot to ask. Yeah, but if this application wants to roll into the productivity note space, you got to be ready for it, right? Because this is, I mean, Vespa just died, right? Like we see this, like this stuff happens. And the way that you stop that happening is by continuing to innovate, continuing to push it forward and making it something that people can, can't live without. And, and you do that by making it more and more powerful, more and more reliable. Yeah. And they're saying that expectation by having subscriptions in the first place, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, is a, that is such a great point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if they go six months and the bugs that are there today are still there or the feature set hasn't mm-hmm. drastically improved. Like the, the other thing I was going to say, I don't expect them to add folders, but... I would expect them to add sort options. Right now, it is only sortable by last modified, which I hate. I want alphabetical sorting. Uh, notes added it this year, and I have been thankful to the notes team ever since. That sort of stuff, like you said, notes gets updated once a year, but there's some expectation of that. But in this new subscription world, the way Apple described it, the way Apple pitched it was... Develop, uh, you know, apps that are under development, apps that are being worked on, apps that provide an ongoing service, and this app seems right at the line of all of that. And regardless of the CloudKit stuff and how you feel about it, I think they've got to make the case that that monthly or annual bill is worth it, and the way they do that is progress. 
Yeah, that you've really raised an excellent point for this, which is like this is a different world. If you were a productivity app charging on a monthly or annual basis, updates are expected. This isn't like a one-time payment thing, and and I think that is a different world to the one that this app is playing in. Like if I'm if I'm paying every month, then I expect some stuff to happen, right? Is is that is that unfair to say? I don't think it's unfair because, for example, when people sign up for Club McSorris and they start paying me every month, uh, I, you know, it, I guess it depends on the way that you sell your subscription because I clearly sell uh, an ongoing product. You know, you got to expect an email every week. And if you sign up and you don't get an email, that I'm not really holding up my end of the you know, of the promise between the right. two parties. So I guess it depends on the way that a developer chooses to sell a subscription are you just selling support recurring support that's not the case because you're selling sync and features in this case but i i feel like it even no matter how you sell from a marketing perspective your subscription there is a, a an expectation of a, a product that changes over time that is fixed that is improved over time and this is tricky right for indie developers when we talk about subscriptions could be a uh, solution for the problems of the app store. They sure create a recurring avenue for revenue that is not like $3 up front and that's about it. But they also create an expectation from the customers who say I'm giving you $2 every month and I'm getting an app update every six months. It doesn't seem really like it's worth it. And I know that you know there's a lot to consider when it comes to competition on the app store. It's, it can be really tough for a studio made of two people, for example. Mm-hmm. But that's the reality that we're in. And either you choose to compete and you got to compete well, and you got to accept this reality that people have expectations for products that are improved constantly every few weeks, basically. Uh, definitely not twice a year or every two years. Or you don't compete at all. Don't put Mark down in your app if you're, <laughs> you want customers that don't expect updates, right? Putting Mark down <laughs> in, you're making a clear statement of the type of person that you're going after. Right. And, and they're entering a market that, I mean, to your point, is one that the customer base is nerdy. And they're entering one, a market that has had a lot of failures. I mean, how many Notes apps yeah. or text editors have we seen come and go over the years, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't even know. And, and also at this point, there is a a system app which is not going to mm-hmm. go away, which is really good. And we know that the the, the company behind it is not going to go bankrupt. I mean, so. probably not, unless they don't ever release a Mac Pro again. <laughs> but <laughs> it's all right. So so Bear they're hanging their hat on design and they're hanging their hat on Markdown. And I mean, good luck. Like I hope it does well. I want competition. Um, I would use I would use this app if it wasn't all based on stupid tagging, but uh, and that's a personal preference. But you gotta adjust your hashtag workflows, man. Oh, can I just hang up Skype now? Uh, but it's it's a hard it's a hard market to be in, and they're doing it in a very interesting way, which I think is why we're all talking about it. But I just I just don't know what the future holds for apps like this, like. Can they have a big enough market to sustain you know, ongoing development? And I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how this one ends up. I think people should check it out, right? Because it's, it's free to try. And I think it's even you get a week free with the subscription. So you should definitely try it. You get a you get a month free. We get a month free if you do the annual. You get a week with the monthly. I think I think people should try it because it, it yeah. is really 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 nice, and you might have a a place for it in your in your systems. You know, like, like many of us do. It's not replace notes, but it it could, and I would be willing to try it. But it has it needs a few things first. Uh, before we wrap up today, I just want to tell people about an amazing app that I've been introduced to, uh, Jack. Bremer um, on Twitter told me about this. It's called Amaziograph. If you have an iPad that has an Apple Pencil, you need to try this application. It's like 79 pence, 99 cents. It's really difficult to to describe. There is a video in the App Store uh, which will help. It's basically it it allows you to create like a kaleidoscope like drawings. Like there are a bunch of different 
templates that you can draw from in that you will draw something and it gets replicated across a canvas. It's amazing. It's super hard to explain. I'm going to include three little doodles that I did with this in the show notes. If you have an, an Apple Pencil with your iPad, you definitely should pay the money to just try this thing out because it's so much fun to doodle with and to see the amazing patterns that you create. It's like drawing your own kaleidoscopes. It's awesome. Um, so I just it's, it's a PSA for people. You you should try this out. It is really really fun, um, and I think it's made by my, by one person. It's like the, at least that's how like the nice. uh, it's made by uh, Marina Stekova. I don't know how this application was like was like discovered. Like I haven't seen it anywhere. Um, but Jack sent it to me, and uh, I really 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 love playing with yeah. this app. So all um, all of your drawings. It. All of your drawings look like the creation of a British man on LSD. Exactly. <laughs> it's qu- quite impressive. It's, quite well it done, is, Mike. Yeah, it is, it is the world that I see after I have my first coffee in the morning. This is this Yeah, is you what sure I that's see. coffee, Mike? I have no idea what you're talking about. So I think that wraps up this week's episode. Um, if you want to catch our show notes for this week, which we have all of our links, then go to relay.fm slash connected slash 116. Thanks again to the lovely folk over at MacPaw and MailRoute for supporting this week's episode. If you want to find Federico online, he is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I on Twitter. Stephen is at ISMH, and I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, you can find Federico's work at maxstories.net and Stevens at 512pixels.net. This show is a part of Relay FM. We have a whole host of shows uh, at Relay FM that you should check out. We have stuff for the technology focus, for the gaming focus, for creative people. Um, and now we are adding the lovely mixed feelings to uh, our network as well, which which focuses on more current events, which is a, a nice break um, for the, from the type of shows that we're, that we're used to creating. So there's always stuff there. If you only listen to Connected, you need to you need to fix that situation immediately. There's a ton of stuff at Relay FM that I am very confident you would enjoy. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Arrivederci. Adios.